You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. Not of the first thing I want to talk to you about today before we get into any of James Borrego's comments or Terry Rogier's comments is uh, politics. Do you want to talk about politics at the beginning of the pod? I'm sure that's why people clicked here. And the question I have for you is that Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden is actually in Charlotte today. Yes. And he stopped by Mertz in Uptown. Of course. And according to the restaurant, this is mm-hmm. tweeted by Emma Way. According to the restaurant, Joe Biden ordered the meatloaf burger and home fries at Mertz restaurant in Uptown. Did he make the right decision? And was Mertz the place to go to if you're going to stop by one place for anything that you're attending the city of Charlotte for? Mertz is one of those places that like has probably one of the most underrated sweet potato pies in, in the city. Plus, soul food is just off the chain. I would have gone shrimp, shrimp po' boy there. But, but meatloaf burger? Like literally underrated number two. Okay, there you go. And, and there you have it. That's our politic discussion for today on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day, local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Hornets. You know what's crazy about that? I actually went into Uptown yesterday, just was mm-hmm. walking and I haven't been in Uptown. I mean, not a... It's been since the pandemic hit. And so it was, you know, it came down in March when Rudy Gobert tested positive. And that was like when it hit home for me and all these conference tournaments started canceling. And I haven't been like in the heart of Uptown since. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I used to just walk in there, you know, walk there in the evening and, you know, just figure out something to do, whatever, just eat, you know, just do whatever. And uh, I stopped by the Soho Bistro. Of course. And, um... And it was a ghost town. There wasn't anybody in there, which is good for not spreading the virus. But also, of course, it's unfortunate for these businesses. We don't have to get into that. But it was crazy to walk down um, into Uptown, I should say, and then going into Soho Bistro where there wasn't anybody in there. But across, like when where Mertz was, Mertz was still kind of popping, man. Like there were still people getting to go orders for sure. Like, look, here's the thing. If you're going to go, and again... I hope that someone from Mertz hears this and says, hey, we want to sponsor these guys. We want to pay these guys to promote us because we will do live reads for them for, for, for the low low or in exchange for some sweet potato pie, a couple <laughs> of greens here and there. Like we can, you know, we can be bargained with. We can yes, we negotiate. Can. I mean, Mertz is popping. Mertz has got the best soul food in the city by far. Yeah, I might go there. I might go there tonight and just figure out, hey, man, if I've already gone up there and it's, it is it is safe, then yeah. um, you know what? I might just go get something and then bring it back to the crib, especially if the, um, the uh, potential president was in there. Maybe I can, you know, maybe, I don't know, it might be popping too much. Maybe I don't want to go if it's still popping um, after Joe Biden was there. But anyways, anyway. I just thought that would be interesting. Yeah, the meatloaf burger was the order from Joe Biden. And we will now transition into some of James Borrego's comments comments um, that he had for everyone and with uh, the local media after having really the first practice for the Hornets just uh, earlier today. And so James Borrego actually talked how he was surprised to see the conditioning was so good with everyone. And so what's funny about that 
is uh, hitting his, he says, quote, that he's really surprised how good conditioning looked in this first practice after six months. They scrimmaged for the full hour. He said, quote, I think we're going to get more out of these two weeks than I expected. And then James Brago did again. He said that out of um, said of the 18 players ability to play hard immediately after a six month layoff. These uh, tweets were from Rick Bennell that I'm reading from right here. So, you know, it's funny because <laughs> One, we know that a few of these guys on the roster were playing you know, in yeah. open gyms. This is what happened when Michael Beasley tested positive for the coronavirus and was denied an original, uh, denied a spot on the Nets roster and um, wasn't allowed to participate in the bubble. Devontae Graham, I think it was Dwayne Bacon and Miles Bridges, were with Michael Beasley. In fact, yes, in that was, video of Michael Beasley were. playing... He was given all the Hornets buckets. Yes, he was. <laughs> was. Like every single video clip of him, it was three in a row. Bang, bang, bang. Here's here's me getting a bucket on Miles. Here's one on Devontae. Here's one on Dwayne Bacon. It was hilarious. But um, so I, I you know, you know, these guys were getting their work in. And then even Terry Rogier talked about how the team sent all the players bikes. And Terry Rogier talked about how he felt like a bodybuilder. And I'll tell you this, Nada. I'm not really surprised to hear that. Like James Borrego yeah. says he was surprised to hear about the conditioning. I don't know if I was because, man, it, it was so opposite how we saw all these NBA players' bodies in the bubble. We, we saw James Harden slim down a little bit. We saw Nikola Jokic slim down. It was just, it seemed like everybody was so worried about being out of shape that they actually kind of transformed their body. And I know looking slimmer isn't the same as being conditioned, but I, I don't know if I, if I saw a ton of crazy sluggish basketball. I mean, that was kind of the surprise at the beginning of the bubble is that it wasn't so sluggish and sloppy. Yeah, you know, that was the crazy part. Like, you hear all this stuff, and you hear them being prepared. And as we know, we've seen these guys work out and get buckets on. And, I mean, there was a, there's another video that showed up where you saw a Malik Monk with a Miles Bridges. There might have been a voice cameo by me. Someone might have taken some, some of my That's audio true. from the Locked on Hornets podcast <laughs> and used it. I mean, quite honestly... Like we know these guys were working out. No one wants to be, no one wanted to be that guy coming into that camp. Right. And if, if we've gained any, any knowledge of any of this, that has to feel really, really good considering everything that that's gone on thus far in the pandemic. And uh, quite honestly, that's probably a really good sign that nobody wanted to come in. No one wanted to be that guy to be out of shape, to come in to, to this pan, to this nice little pandemic quarantine camp per se. Yeah, and, and I mean that—that's just like again, that's a tight knit group, man. That's a real yeah, tight knit group. It's nice to see uh, James Brego also talked once again about prioritizing the time off of the court, which he continues to be an advocate for and be crazy adamant about the time off of the court maybe being more beneficial. And we talked about that yesterday, but it seems like that's the point that Borrego is pounding home a lot more. And I, I do, I, re I really do find it fascinating just because it's something that Greg Popovich always talked about. And then you discuss the San Antonio Spurs. Of course, they were really good because Tim Duncan is one of the best players of all time. You had Manu and Tony Parker who were both fantastic, but also they were all tight, man. I mean, they, mm -hmm. they were all really good friends and so were the role players on those teams, you know, where Kawhi, I don't know if Kawhi is really close to all those guys. In fact, I, I know he's not, I guess with all the mm -hmm. uh, things that were everything that happened. On. Yeah. Right. But, but then that was the only thing, but, um, but everybody else was pretty close and Greg Popovich, he, he does prioritize, everybody being friends and coming together off of the court. And it seems like Borrego has kind of taken 
um, a lesson from Popovich in that regard. One other thing, Nada, um, James Rago also had some comments about your boy. This is from Jack Duffy tweeting this out. Mm. Um, shout out to Jack Duffy. He said, quote, uh, Coach Borrego said the guy he was most intrigued to watch from the Swarm players was Ray Spaulding. He wanted Ray up at the club <laughs> by the end of the year, but obviously that didn't happen. So he was thrilled to get some eyes on him in person. Nada, that was your boy. You mentioned him a couple of times. What do you think about Borrego's comments on Spaulding? Look, Ray, Ray Spaulding might be the key. He might be the reason they don't draft a center. Again, Ray, show up, show out, be part of this rotation. Because you know what? That may mean no James Wiseman is here. I need you to show up. This is a, a job interview, son. And I hope you're listening to this and hoping that you're feeling well. But literally, show up, show out, and maybe we don't draft a center here. Is Ray Spaulding, it would Ray Spaulding be your favorite player if he denies the opportunity for the Hornets to draft a big guy because Spaulding is just so good? No, no, no. He would just save me a lot, <laughs> a lot of agita. Okay. Anyways, I was going to try to, uh, yeah, I guess uh, he was not nearly um, in the running for your favorite player as much as I thought. So anyway, I thought that was interesting. You are going to have the Greensboro Swarm players there. Joel Berry, we went down the list just yesterday with some of the people that are participating in the bubble. Uh, let's take this break and then come back and talk about Terry Rogier's comments. I want to talk about Terry Rogier as a leader. It seems like that's something he really focused on during the pandemic when they weren't allowed to come together as a team, at least in an organized setting. We talk about Terry Rozier's comments coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. Develop winning habits. You know what winning habits are? Scoring things in the box score. That's what winning habits are. You compete. Rebounds, when you, assists. Yeah, when you compete, points. you get rebounds. When you compete, you get assists. When you compete, you score points. It's not you about effort. The it's about competing. <laughs> hey, you want to be you. back on the show, I baby. I got you, Doug. You want to be back you, on the show. This is me. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. So we've talked about Terry Rozier's role as a leader before, but not it seems like there's going to be an emphasis on that this season. And you don't have Nick Batum there. You don't mm -hmm. have Bismack Biombo in the bubble. That's something we discussed yesterday. And Terry Rozier said because of that, he is taking pride, stepping up into a larger role as a leader. And again, just kind of reading some comments that Jack Duffy tweeted out from their media availability, James Borrego and, um, and, and Terry Rozier, Terry Rozier said that he spent a lot of time during the six-month sabbatical thinking about preparing to um, you know, take more pride as a leader with this basketball team. And not it does, to me... Bismack Biombo is someone that if he's back on this team, then he'll certainly fit that role. But there's no mm -hmm. guarantee he's going to come back with this team. As mentioned by BJ Armstrong, it's the largest reason that he's not with the team in this two-week camp. Nick Batum is someone that we can give Nick Batum credit for not being just pouty on the bench. That's not yeah. anything that Nick did. He was supportive. Any comments that he had out there, you know, the, those were they were supportive comments of the young players. And you know what? Good for you, Nick. Everybody knows what it is with Nick Batum, including Nick Batum. He can be a leader maybe from the sideline, but I don't even know if he's that crazy of a vocal leader. So when we're talking about these veterans that need to step up their role as that guy, Terry Rozier, to me, is the one that you immediately point to along with the Cody Zeller. But I don't know if Cody Zeller really is that vocal guy either. Like Marvin was the player last year that you look to more than any of them. Yes. One, 
Because Marvin will be vocal. He's not going to trash you, but he's going to hold you accountable. He's going to explain things. He was a great teacher of the game. And Marvin was just one of the better leaders, maybe in the entire NBA, and also just one of the better dudes. He goes to Milwaukee. Bismack Biombo takes that baton from Marvin, but we don't know if Biz is going to be here. And so now... Even if Biz is back, Nada, do you need a veteran leader that actually plays significant minutes and is out there on the court who actually is a starter? What do you think about Terry Rozier becoming a leader in a more emphasized way in 2021 with this Hornets team? Quite honestly, if I thought if he had three more years to go, I, I mean, like if he had three more years on his contract, I would totally be here for the discussion of, yes, Terry, be that leader. But he may only be here for six more months. Like that, like the long and the short of it is Terry's on essentially a two-year deal and he could be dealt at the trade deadline, depending on how well all of this goes. So do I think they need a veteran leader? Yes. Do I think it can be Terry Rozier? Yes. But I don't know how long he's actually going to be here for the long term. If he sticks here long term, then yeah, I can see him developing into that. But at the same time, if we're going to talk about guys that probably have that role and probably can fill that role of veteran leadership, why not, like, why not a guy like P.J. Washington? P.J. has already been described as that dude's been here before, that old soul type that just knows what to do, come in, does his job, kicks ass and leaves. So I kind of like him more for that veteran role than Terry right now because unlike other people, I know he's a cornerstone for this team. Well, not a, not more than Devontae, though, right? Like, you like P.J. more for that than Devontae? Yes, I do. Devontae would be the number one young guy. Why do you like P.J. more than Devontae? Devontae seems like the guy you would immediately go to. Because Devontae is older, and I guess that's my thing. Devontae is 25 already. and That helps in the leadership aspect. It does it help. It helps in the leadership aspect, but at the same time, and for me, just the old soul, everyone was around that team was talking about how PJ was an old soul. I'm much more willing to give it to that old soul to, to lead by example and do the right thing and be the one to lead when we start talking about workouts and it being PJ. I, I just, again, for some reason, I'm putting my stock all in on the PJ Washington experience. Don't ask me why. I can't explain it. So with the leadership wise, yeah. And and I do go Devontae Graham pretty immediately because Devontae one has talked about stepping up into that role a lot more this year and even talked about it last year when Kemba was gone, even with Terry Rozier being a part of the team. And how about James Borrego's comments last season? I remember him talking about Devontae Graham after a game. And he said that there's a calming presence when Devontae is out there handling the basketball and being your starting point guard. And I thought that spoke volumes. I think James Borrego has talked about Devontae being someone that is a leader of this basketball team. And if Borrego is putting his stock into his point guard one, which is the quarterback, it's the guy you immediately go to is who you would think would be the leader, but also somebody that is older, despite being only playing in his third year in the league coming up, you know, I, th- I think he was the one that I would immediately go to. I want to give more praise to Terry Rozier, though, because mm-hmm. I've been one that thinks it can be overstated how much praise we give Terry Rozier for accepting his role in what it was last season. It's good. I'm not here to say that it's, stu- it's stupid to give him all that praise. I just don't want to go crazy overstated because if he wasn't handling all that well, 
then we would be killing him for it. And so, yeah, I'm glad you handled it well, but also be a professional. Don't be the Kyrie Irving and just destroy the team chemistry-wise. But he didn't, and I'll give him credit for that. I want to give him more credit here for some of the comments. One, I've just, I I found Terry to be a delight to just read his comments from. You know, like it's someone that's transparent. It's someone that's going to say what's on his mind. And it's someone that is going to be vulnerable with you. And I don't think that's what we got from Terry Rozier in Boston. We've talked about that quite a bit. I always reference my interview that I had with John Corrales, who was the Locked On Celtics um, host. And it was nothing to disparage him. It was the only Terry that he knew. But this is a different environment. This is a different set of guys that he's playing with. It's a different head coach he's playing with. And it just seems like Terry is being very transparent about his vulnerabilities talking about the way that he struggled when he had to change roles last season, but did that obviously within. And here he is talking about how he's really self-reflected on trying to become more of a leader. And there's another comment that Terry Rozier had about how when he said the end of their season came in mid-March, he took those two weeks off and then he got back into grinding every single day. This is again from Jack Duffy. And he talked about how the team sent him bikes. But Terry Rozier also talked about how it was, you know, it was a little uh, frustrating for him to realize that they were going to have a six-month break knowing that there was going to be 10 months in between the regular season games. And he's like, you know what? But as a veteran, you get thrown curveballs and it's just something you have to deal with. I just really like the mindset that Terry Rozier has shown the last couple of seasons. And even if I think we overstate it sometimes for the way that he handled his role change last year, Mm -hmm. I will give him credit for a lot of the comments that he has here and, you know, only compounding what he said um, last season and certainly in the exit interviews. Yeah, no, he's been, again, the thing is I've, he's embraced Charlotte and he's wanted to make things work and he's been willing to do things that normally we don't necessarily do when it, again, we don't expect him to do, or he wouldn't expect himself to have, to have done. He came here with expectations of being the lead guard, beating, being the star, being this, being that. And those dreams didn't come true. And instead of whining and pouting, what did he do? He just adapted like a grown up. Like he's done a lot of grown man things in Charlotte right now. I can think of, again, when we start thinking about athletes that were very visible and and we're going to take this a little bit political here, but again, for that NAACP rally, one, again, there were two Charlotte Hornets that showed up to be to be there. One was Nick Batum. The other was Terry Rozier. He likes this place. He loves this place. And the fact that he's willing to do whatever it takes to endear himself to the Charlatans here is amazing. And I think we don't give him enough credit. Also in that, again, the one, one thing that I really did appreciate about his comments is uh, he's noticing that a certain Cody Zeller is running the table at ping pong and wants a shot at the <laughs> title right. tonight. That, that <laughs> was kind of cool. Yeah. Apparently Cody Zeller went 6-0 and last night on the ping pong table. So with Cody trying to pick up all of these new hobbies during the pandemic, apparently ping pong is something that he picked up and did so in a masterful way. Um, the other question I have before we go to the third segment is, do you think that there needs to be a leader that's on the court and actually is out there helping the young players you know, on the court rather than on the bench, which is what Biz did a lot last season, even though he, he got significant minutes. But I, I just... The, the reason I ask, Nada, is because Marvin was that guy last year. And we talk about tanking and just playing all of the young guys. You know, it's something Doug mentioned quite a bit. And, you know, I, I certainly agreed with him. 
I don't want to be one of these teams that only has young players and just lets them learn by example without anybody else besides the coaching staff teaching them. And so you can have guys on the bench teaching the young players, but I want somebody fixing mistakes on the court. I want them to be playing with someone. And so give me an older dude in the starting lineup or at least with some of these starting lineups. And I just wonder if you draft a LaMelo Ball or an Anthony Edwards, put them in the backcourt, do you start one of those guys immediately, have Terry go to the bench, you would still have these closing moments. And so I don't think it would be that big of a deal. I just wonder the kind of minutes that, that Terry Rozier would get if they draft a backcourt player with their third overall pick and whether that would affect any type of leadership from an on-the-court perspective. One thing that I think, again, one thing we got to remember is Marvin didn't start a lot in this last year here. Marvin came off the bench. They went yeah. young early. And he played significant minutes, but you're And right. he played significant minutes, but he didn't start. He didn't need to start. He set his he set his leadership tempo from the bench, from the locker room, from behind the scenes. So I don't think you necessarily need to have one of those veteran guys start and lead and do all this stuff and fulfill and do that whole win for the Gipper, you know what? Like at some right. point like we got to start really thinking about this in terms of what is functionally best for this team. Now, while I do agree, they need a couple more veterans. Maybe that's a Serge Ibaka that they bring in here. Maybe that's someone else who knows. Well, it's going to be too much money, right? Uh, well, who knows? Again, I don't fully more agree. Than with I'm the, willing to spend. Yeah. Much more than, than I'd be willing to spend, but there are a lot of like there are a lot of things that you can do. You can add players. They have nineteen million dollars in free cap space, thanks to Keith Smith who tabula, uh, tabulated that up. But they have nineteen million dollars in free cap space. That they can do a lot more than just sign guys. There could be a trade. There could be a salary dump. Who knows what this team is going to look like when they tip off? Probably around King Day. We don't know. And at, at this point, you know what? I can't wait to get there right now. All right. I've hated myself because I've talked too much in cliches about leadership. I usually hate how overstated that is, but I did find it interesting because I do think it matters somewhat. And I feel like I talked about it too much. So allow me to talk about Built Bar and how appreciative we are that they support the show as always. Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low calorie, they're low sugar, they're high in protein, they're high in fiber, and they're great for the keto diet. They have 12 original flavors, coconut, almond, raspberry, German chocolate, many others. And also they have the six new flavors, cherry barcia, cookies and cream, caramel brownie, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and an apple almond crisp. Best of all, you can get a free cooler with your purchase as well while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off of your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. One more segment to go here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. And the Google description here says, on contracts made before June, where the wheat is deliverable in December, either wheat of the grades, named or numbered, <laughs> B shares Batik of New York, N.B.A. So take that for what you will. That's a lot of information I just threw at you. I apologize. What was the grade? The Yeah, the wheat was graded uh, C-. minus. Let's get them on. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. 
Now, one thing you're never going to have to worry about if you go to Mertz is a lack of seasoning. They are going yes. to have plenty of seasoning. They're going to cook their food in an amazing way. And it's why Joe Biden might decide to go there if he is in the city of Charlotte. But one place you might eat that you would have to worry about a lack of seasoning would be Dan Orlovsky's Kitchen, who put an embarrassing photo out on Twitter today of his spice rack only consisting of salt and pepper. And he's not doing white guys any favors. Not No, no, no. And again, you know what? There are certain times where I wonder, like, again, I try to cross the aisle and I try to in, in just get you guys to do flavorful things and go try stuff with flavor. You said you guys is in white guys. Yes. Oh, yes, 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 exactly. <laughs> yes. I said, I, I want you people. Y'all can get mad at me later, but who, who cares right now? <laughs> I just try to reach across the aisle and tell you guys, yo, go get something with flavor. Because if you saw the picture that Dan Arlovsky tweeted out about his spice rack with salt and pepper, those things, I'm not going to say that, again, they're... um antebellum salt and pepper shakers, but they're damn near close. All right. So I actually have, so here's what I want to do. I'm actually picking up my mic and, and my computer, and I'm actually Uh going to my spice rack to see if Nada approves of it. Do you want to do this game? Yeah, let's do this. Let's, let's absolutely do this. All right. (laughs) I'm going going to my spice rack right now. Well, let me turn on the light. I'm really holding my laptop and my microphone hooked up to it. I'm going to go look and see some of the stuff that I have. You know, I'm not embarrassed. I I have to move the cloves, right? That's right. Okay. Cloves. That's a good start. Yep, I'm, I have the cloves of garlic. And so here we have, I like it. So I've got a spicy garlic seasoning. I okay. have red curry powder. Um, mm-hmm. I do have the Lowry seasoned salt. So you better. Go. I do. I was about to quit um, if you didn't have it. Um, I have smoky turmeric. Turmeric, turmeric, turmeric. Um, I'm, yeah, I don't know how to pronounce it. I apologize. I've ground white pepper. I've got the garlic okay. powder. You know, I got to have that garlic powder. Okay. Got Cajun seasoning. Uh, is this, how do I pronounce it? Cause I love it. And I like to put it on my steak. Is it Graham masala? Garam masala? Oh, garam masala. Oh yes. Yeah. Very nice. You like that? Are you Very nice. Right I, 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 I'm again, you know, for a great jelly eater, I'm surprised you actually have this in your, in your kitchen. Yeah, I got some garlic ranch. I got crushed red pepper. I have some fish uh, seafood seasoning. Got to have that jerk seasoning. Of course. Uh, Yellow curry powder, zesty lemon, chile lime adobo, uh, six chili powder. I've got the oregano, dill weed thyme. Like, yeah, you know I wasn't going to come over here and leave you um, dissatisfied. I thought you were going to go the other way and just say you were, again, you and Dan Orlovsky have something in common. Clearly no, not. not. I am all. very, uh, I'm very impressed. Very impressed. Bay too. Got some hilarious yeah, man. Like so, Dan Orlovsky needs to get on my level, and uh, I'm trying to do some white boys justice here by my spice rack. Now, I'm not saying I'm the best cook in the world. It's something that I like doing, but mm-hmm. also like we got seasoning in this household. That's something that we have. Exactly. And and again, here's the thing. We help me help you. If you are one of these people that just operates by salt and pepper alone. If you really feel like you need your kitchen to be improved, again, send me a DM at Nada the Scribe. I want to help you. <laughs> I want to get you out of the darkness. I want to help you use seasoning to improve your life. Again, you guys are stuck in black and white with old school black and white TVs. And they stopped making black and white TVs in the 1980s, folks. So it's time to start um, using spices, please. 
Um, is the fact that I do have a decent amount of spices, is that okay? Um, and does that save me from getting made fun of some of the pronunciations that I have? Of yes. Spices? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Otherwise awesome. I would call you an uncultured savage and we, this would, go, this would have taken a serious turn. <laughs> does it salvage me from eating grape jelly too? Like have we no, finally gotten absolutely. rid of that? No, 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 no. See, here's the thing that only makes it a further indictment Walker, because what happened again, what you did is you were saying, again, I have all these grown up spices. And here I am eating some kindergarten ass grape jelly. That's what you're doing. <laughs> That's what you have done. No, I'm, I'm only part uncultured savage. Yes, to be you're only partial. Okay. Partial. <laughs> that's something that I'll. That's something that I'll actually take. You know, like I'll actually only take part uncultured savage from you, Nada. It is actually an upgrade, and maybe one of the nicest things you've ever said to me. That'll exactly. do it for the Lockdown Hornets podcast. That wraps up this edition. Thanks again for joining us, and uh, always appreciate you supporting the show. Now, tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Lockdown NBA. Have a great day. We'll be back with you tomorrow. <laughs> 